Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back. Jeremy Conforto for Nick Costas. It's You Better You Bet alongside Ken Barkley. As always, brought to you by Bet MGM. We're talking some PGA here. Talked about like some of the guys we we like to win this tournament or could, and we were all talking about John Rahm, kind of like him. But I, I want to give Tyler a chance to kind of uh, spew poetically about the guys that he likes. <laughs> so Tyler, <laughs> yeah, why don't you do some pop poetic on spewing, here, and, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> and tell us your thoughts on this tournament. So yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything you guys have said. I just kind of want to put numbers onto the winners that can. So like the winners of this tournament or this golf that have played at this golf course, TBC Southwind. Uh, Zal Torres, obviously, last year. Abe Anser, Justin Thomas, Brooks Koepka, uh, Dustin Johnson, Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger, people probably don't even know. People are just diving into golf. Probably like, who's Daniel Berger? He hasn't played in a few years. He's a four-time winner on tour. So he's like, he's really, at the time, he was really good. But he's, we just haven't seen him in a while. Um, the stroke gain approach is usually good, is usually huge every week. But like this week in particular, it might be as important as any tournament on in the PGA Tour rotation. So like the winners, the previous winner, Zal Torres, was first on tour, PGA Strokes uh, and Strokes Gained Approach. Answer was 23rd. He's kind of the outlier. JT, when he won, he was first. Brooks, when he won, he was 10th. DJ, when he won, he was 5th. And Daniel Berger, when he won, he was 13th. So like the elite of the elite iron players, like Ken said, usually win here. So I thought like top 15 Strokes Gained, Abe Answer is the one outlier, but he was still 23rd. So he would still be amongst one of the better, better guys on and the tour. And was a great approach player. To Tyler, yes. like I know you said he was twenty third, but like he's literally known for that part of his game. So like maybe that didn't register statistically, but like he's like if you're like Abe answer, like what's he good at? I'd be like irons, like easily, <laughs> yes. like not even close. Yeah. So just that just goes to what you're saying. Yeah, and especially like Abe, he's, he's still twenty third on tour, and there's a ton of guys that play golf, and there's a ton of good golfers who are, would be ranked behind Abe answer. And one thing too that was interesting is that like. You don't want to be like a uh, like a super negative putter, but all these guys gained put, uh, gained putt strokes putting that season, and which is crazy. Zalatoris is the only one that didn't gain put, uh, strokes gained putting all season, but he was barely a negative, which is which is crazy because we think Zalatoris is a guy that could make a single putt. He barely get, uh, lost strokes putting uh, the year he won. So iron play and like average putting is the way I kind of tr- off the tee. All these guys are just striped the ball off the tee too, but. uh I, you kind of have to be really good off the tee. Approach, you have to be one of the best on tour. And putting, you can't suck at, which is which is crazy because Al Torres barely. <laughs> here's 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 a, a good qualifier. Here's a fun can't fact. suck at. Here's yeah, that's good. yeah. Here's a fun fact: the guy that's the favorite in this tournament is a worse putter last year than Will Al Torres. Just just to put statistically, is a way worse putter. So you're yeah, referring to Scotty Scheffler. That's what you're talking. About. I am referring yeah. yes, referring right. to the chef. He is way a way worse putter than Will Al Torres was, and Will Al Torres was thought of to being the worst guy to ever touch a putter. Nope, uh, Scheffler's worse statistically. So yeah, you have to be the elite of the elite ball strikers, and I think that's kind of what Jeremy and Ken were uh, alluding to. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I totally agree. It's w- worth noting there was a video I saw this morning: Scheffler and Rory on the green trying out new putters, which has been a bugaboo for both of them. Scheffler miserable putting this season, and Rory, obviously, the story of his majors has been like elite iron play to create a lot of birdie opportunities, and then like no made putts like on all those birdie opportunities. It's one of the reasons why I didn't win a major. It's the reason why I didn't win a major this year. So it's just really interesting. Like we're at a huge tournament with pretty high stakes. Now majors would be more important to these guys, but you have the first favorite and the third favorite are like trying to find something and maybe they'll succeed. Like Lucas Glover found a new putter. And now he's like the best player in the world, apparently. But just kind of interesting, like the best, the favorite and the third favorite 
have like a flaw that they are currently trying to correct. It's just very interesting. It doesn't mean they can't win. It's just very interesting that like we're we're here. We're at this tournament. It's very important, and that's where we are uh, with both of them. So, so Tyler's point about Scheffler is great. Not like a disqualifier, but like I don't know how you can hear that and not like Rom more than him. And Rom's price is like not double, but like significantly more. So uh, Jeremy, is there? Give me uh, give me like one, two, whatever. A handful of guys. We got, I think we hit Rom pretty hard there that we like him of the big three more than the other two. Uh, who else stood out to you? Yeah, so I, I talk about this, and I'm always looking at it from a daily fantasy perspective. And, and anytime I'm putting together a lineup, like if I'm going to start with Rom, um, you're going to want to get some value in there. But inherently, I also like to get somebody who's in tournaments, you're not supposed to say this, but who's safe. And Xander Schofley is a guy that I always flock to because he's always a guy you can trust. He's so, like, matter of fact. He's just, he's really, really good. I don't know that he's great, but he always seems to finish well. And um, I, I like him in this tournament. I don't know if you saw anything with him that specifically stood out to you guys, but he was another guy that stood out to me. And um, another name that I brought up that was, uh, I was bringing up beforehand, if we're looking at uh, some of the cheaper guys, was it Detry? Is that who I was talking about? Thomas Earlier, Dietrich. Tyler. Yeah. Dietrich, yep. excuse me. See, that's I don't know these guys. I'm just they are no, player fine. X. This is this is why I love it when I do golf because I take out all my biases. I have none. So it's literally player <laughs> yeah. X, player Y, player right. Z, you know. That's Blind all resume. it is for me when I'm doing it. Yeah. And yeah. I've actually had a lot of success doing this. So um but that's another guy that we were talking about earlier that I think from the cheap side that I'll probably have in my lineups. So just if we're talking about like, so there are two conversations, right? To win the tournament and then just like mm -hmm. guys who could finish really well, like guys, low price well, guys you'd want to include. So I, I think I, I definitely have like a list of guys for derivatives, like top 10, top 20, uh, a couple of places you can bet top 40. It's a 70 golfer field. So it's almost just like to beat like half the field is like basically a bet you can make a little more than half or a little less than half if you're playing top 40. Um, so I definitely have guys that fit for me for that. And then I have like to win. So just to tie a bow for me on to win, you brought up Xander. So if mm -hmm. I to to kind of conclude the thought that I had in the last segment, so I applied three filters here. Like I created a score for recent form where the previous four winners, once this moved to this part of the calendar and it was like a big boy tournament, my God, the recent form of the guys who have won. I mean, just like nuking courses prior to winning this. Uh, all, let me give a couple stats to back that up. Um, all four winners had a top five in their last five tournaments. I remember like we're in kind of major season going into this. All four of them had at least three top fives in their last 10 tournaments. So, I mean, like, it's not just like, oh, we're like making cuts and top 20s and stuff like, no, like chance to win almost half the time they play, or at least a third of the time in some cases. Kep got five top fives in his 10 tournaments before coming in. So, like, that's the form we're talking about. And, I mean, you look at some of the other guys, like, in this field that don't have that form, that's going to stand out right away. Like, Colin Morikawa is going to be the most popular guy picked. He has one top five in his last 10 tournaments. Hearing what I just said, do you want to bet Colin Morikawa now? Of course not. And I think that'll not be really all. interesting because he's going to be really popular. Um, just to, to tie a bow though on like, okay, when I apply those filters, recent form with like a scoring system I created, uh, previous good finish top 15 or better at this tournament specifically, and then how well do you play Colonial? So Zalatoris didn't play Colonial great. He only played it once because he's so young and he finished tied for 59th. So like, okay, you're not always going to get the winner by doing this. I mean, he didn't make the cut for what it's worth. And Daniel Berger had basically only played Colonial once. He won this tournament two years in a row. He had only played it once before he won, and he missed the cut. But after he won here twice, 
he went and won at Colonial a couple of years later. So like, clearly he took to like, these courses are very related. You're not always going to have all the info when you make your decision, but the, like the Colonial best finishes here are striking. Like Kepka has a second there. Harris English has a top five. Ben Crane, who won here, has like four top tens in five years at Colonial. Like there's a big time. If you're good there, you're probably good here, you know, with some exception, but like, I, I think it really matters. So, okay. Those three filters, previous finish here, Colonial, recent form. The list of guys who qualify using that is extremely small. And it's because like the big boy golfer has won here four years in a row. You get Scheffler and Rom, no problem. You get two of the, both of them really easily. Rory doesn't have great results at Colonial, but he does fit. So he kind of still, he still qualifies as well. Xander qualifies, which is why I went through this whole long-winded explanation. We could talk about him in a second. Uh, Hovland has a top 20 here in three appearances. So not quite as good, but like does check every other box. Um, and then Tommy Fleetwood would be another guy who qualifies and Ricky Fowler big time would be a guy who qualifies. So the funny thing for that list with me, Jeremy is like the difference between DFS and betting. You can put Xander Shoffley in a DFS lineup or Ricky Fowler in a DFS lineup or Tommy Fleetwood in a DFS lineup. I'd feel really good about it. Right. Like they're going to give you like a great, they're going to get tied for six, mm-hmm. tied for fourth, whatever. They're going to give you a great finish when you are betting on golfers to win. Let me tell you, there is not a list of names I would reject faster than Xander Shoffley, Tommy Fleetwood. I know Ricky Fowler won this year, but like, come on, like one of the worst Sunday golfers in the history of the tour. Like these names, these are the guys who fit these filters. Like, oh God. So that that's the situation I found myself in is like, Rom's the only guy I want to bet on to win. (laughs) Like I I just, like if you get to Sunday and I have these other guys, I'm not even going to like my odds. Like I bet Ricky Fowler, he's leading on Sunday. I still think I'm going to lose. And uh, so, you know, I might find some like, again, so how do I want to play them? Head to heads, you know, uh, position over unders, that kind of stuff. So with Xander, for me, that's how I kind of view him in this tournament is like, yeah, like, I think he's really likely to play really well. He just never wins (laughs) and he's like allergic to winning and it's uh, and that stuff. And the reason I bring him up, so like in Daily Fantasy, typically you're looking at the cut line. There's no cut line this weekend, but you know, getting a safe guy that's making cuts is something where you're going to accumulate points on Saturday and Sunday, which to winning in DFS is imperative, having more guys make the cuts. It right. doesn't mean if you have guys miss the cut that you still can't win, but you're going to need some guys, a couple of guys in the top 10 if you're going to take home a tournament. Um, Xander's just one of those guys that always like speaks to me as far as daily fantasy. The other thing I did want to say as far as ownership, and I have the ownership, like if you want to know ownership, but they do factor in price tag on players when you're talking about DFS, um, the ownership's going to be much higher this week because there's only 70 golfers. So there are going to be guys right. you just automatically eliminate, but you got to understand you're going to be, you're going to have some crossover with people because nobody's getting cut. Do you have the ownership percentages there? You said you alluded to yeah. it. Do you have them? Yeah. I, who are, who me, are like... Who are like the five most owned golfers in DFS this week? Uh, so Scotty Scheffler was number one. Yeah. Okay. So He's here we go. Awesome. Here's here's the percentages I have too. Twenty five percent going to Scotty Scheffler, uh, almost twenty four percent to Rory. And the reason I like Rom of the three highest owned guys, he comes in at the lowest at nineteen percent. But you got it again. Sure. Only seventy golfers. Uh, Harmon comes in next. Burns, Fowler, Hatton, Fleetwood. And Tom Kim, they're all right around 15, 16, 17%. Those sure. Guys in that I room. think I'll, I'll, some definitely some not surprising names. Tom Kim's interesting because it's like, well, what filter did he fall short in? Well, like he hasn't played a lot. So he's literally has never played Colonial before. And his recent form is like good, not great. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like he's like one of those guys where it's like, yeah, I guess he could win, but I don't know. Um, that was really interesting. What about Poston? Tyler? Poston is... 
let's talk about him in a second because I want to get we did okay. Xander and kind of like the next tier guys. Tyler, besides Rom, give me like two to three other guys that you kind of look at and you're like, I could see this guy winning the tournament. Well, you mentioned them, uh, Tom Kim. So he yeah. kind of barely just misses the. So let me start. He was not good in the middle of the season, but he's hit another gear recently. All of a sudden, he, he did this last year too. He rattled off the. He won at the Wyndham and then won the Shriners in a few months after. So like. Maybe this is the time of the year he gets hot, but his three of his last five events, a second at the at the Open, he finished eighth at the U.S. Open and then sixth at the Scottish Open, and he was a 13th here last year, his first time ever playing it, and we really think of the skill sets. He hits fairways. He's one of the best. He's ninth in strokes gained approach on tour. That's how good his iron play is. What's holding him back is the putter, but he has been white hot with the putter the last two events. I think he's gained like something like six, seven strokes combined putting the last two events and we thought coming in that's what he, that's what his game was was going to be putting because he was filling it up like crazy when he when the, in the events he, he started playing at so tom kim was a name that i immediately started like winning's going to be tough maybe like we take him top five top 10 or something but yep. he's 35 to one and i mean if we're catching this this guy can rattle a score as low as anybody on tour when he's hot and if the putter's there i think he's a guy we got to target and Again, like we talk about winning, winning is tough with all the, all these good golfers. But Tyrrell Hatton too at twenty two to one, he fits everything. He's gotten top five, and I'm almost maybe like five out of his last ten events. He just he he can't get to the finish line. That's the issue. So maybe these are guys top five, top ten bets. But Hatton and Tom Kim were guys. Tom Kim, I'm going to bet to win, and Tyrrell Hatton, I don't know, I'll do it. But those are two guys that stood out to me immediately as like they fit everything. The recent form is good. They they hit they hit fairways and their approach game is one of the best on tour. So those two guys were names that stood out to me. Yeah, I, I to totally agree. I just I, I have thirty seconds here on both those guys. Uh, I have Tom Kim written down for derivatives in this tournament. I think he makes a ton of sense. His recent form, Tyler gave you some good results there. It's like that to me. That almost hammers the point of like how good the recent form has been of the winners previously that Tyler just read you Tom Kim's results. And like, that's short of how good the winners have been historically, like in terms of recent form, like that's, it's so striking. Like Tom Kim has been really good, but like the winners of this tournament, the last four years have been better recent form than that. So Tom Kim is kind of like a fringe candidate for me. I have him written down for derivatives. Hatton checks a ton of boxes too, like four appearances, tied for 17th is his best here. So he and Hovland kind of share that where like, I would prefer like a top 10 or like, a, especially in a lot of appearances too, would prefer a little better form here in order to bet you to win. But he and Hovland kind of fall into the same way, like a second tier of like, they have a flaw, but I kind of like them. Um, so I definitely don't disagree with either of those. Did either of those guys stand out to you, Jeremy? Um, not, not necessarily when I was breaking things down, they didn't stand out to me. Like, uh, I was looking at ownership projections and different things. And one of the things to bring up with, with Kim, Tyler brought up Kim to me. So I started looking at him more and sure. I did like post in which we were talking about, but those two guys are the cheapest players with the highest ownership. So it's not like you're, you're not sneaking up on anybody by grabbing those in daily right. fantasy, but, and this, it sounds like too, from a gambling standpoint or betting it outside of picking a couple of flyers to win it. This is one that you're probably going to look more at matchups or top 10, top 20 finishes as far as a yeah, betting so, side. Right. Yeah. So okay. like Tom, so like Tom Kim, he checks like all of the boxes that guys half his price check. Right. So it's like, yeah. if I can get that price on him, I'd rather bet that than way worse odds on a guy that actually has like a comparable stat profile for this course. That's like kind of how I would approach it. Whereas obviously DFS, you're going to use the percentages. You're going to do something a little bit different. Yeah, so I'm hoping I'm giving something here as far as uh, how we oh, look yeah, at it from man. a daily You're fantasy great. perspective. We're yeah. in the lab. Yeah. So, 
You're in the yeah, lab. We're in the lab. Where would you rather? And we're be? bringing J Maz in, right? J Maz is coming in. He's gonna break it down for us. So we'll talk some more too. golf. That's coming up next here on You Better You Bet.